0: On this week's episode of Third and Manageable, 18 more teams have begun the first practices at training camp, but there are several new members to the Holdout Club. But first, we take you around the league with the latest news from some players that are calling it quits, others that are looking for new teams, and some that were carted off the field during their first week of practices. Then to close out the show, we go head-to-head in another heated debate of who are the top quarterbacks in the league that are still on their rookie contracts. Stay tuned to find out who we think will be the next generation of quarterbacks to lead this NFL.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Third and Manageable. I'm Shem Hanks. And I am Brad Roberts. And we're coming at you on a Sunday. We normally record on a Friday, but, hey, every once in a while, it's good to mix up your routine.
0: Hey, this is the Sunday special edition here.
1: Ah, Sunday, Sunday special edition. Well, we've got a good show coming for you because training camps have started throughout the NFL. Is there anyone else who still hasn't started training camp?
0: Nope. Every team has reported. There's a couple of teams that still have some veterans to report. Um, Right now they're just working off their rookies. But uh, every team has officially begun training camp thus far.
1: And there are some individuals who are supposed to be at training camp who are not. And we're going to talk about them. There have already been some injuries that are shaking the NFL to its core But first, last week we had a discussion about the AFC West quarterback situation that was under the most pressure. Which individual was under the most pressure? So let's recap that very briefly, where we both agreed that Patrick Mahomes was under the least amount of pressure, and then it was Joe Flacco, and then I said Derek Carr, then Phillip Rivers... You went the other way where you said Philip Rivers and then Derek Carr. Sound accurate? That is accurate, yes. All right. And so you asked for us to put it on the Twitterverse to see what the people think. And their results came back. Tied for third and fourth place is Mahomes and Flacco. And then at number two, Derek Carr. Ah. Uh. The individual under the most pressure with Fifty percent of the vote, Philip Rivers.
0: So what you're saying is is that I was right? Is that what you're
1: saying? No, I'm saying I was right because I said Philip Rivers was under the most pressure. Yeah, but I mean, all right, fine. You. <laughs> the people listen to me. Now with Twitter, we here at Third and Manageable like putting out polls, and I put out a poll that Brad does not know about. I'm going to spring this on him right now. Oh, good. And so, I put out a poll called, Who Won This Deal? Adam Thielen for Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, and a 2020 first-round pick. So, this trade happened in our Dynasty League earlier this week. There's been a lot of trades. We're very trade-happy right now. The sheer amount of gambling on trades that people are taking is out of control. (laughs) But... I put this out there in the Twitterverse because I wanted to spring it on you right now.
0: Oh, great. So who do you think won won this deal, Brad? Well, I'm going to lean on that most people think that it was a bad decision for whoever received Adam Thielen. Mm. However, I'm waiting for your results, and I have some things to say about what I'm expecting. Maybe I won't even have to because maybe I'm wrong, but... I think people would prefer to have more players than less. And obviously, uh, first round draft pick for next year could be very helpful. All
1: right. So the results were as follows. Adam Thielen, 13%. Cook, Madison, and 2020 first rounder got 87% of the vote. Then people started commenting on
0: it. Oh, great.
1: Where then it became... I don't know one cook owner that would give him up for Thielen straight up that side 100 out of 100. This was highway robbery. What league is this? So we are going to start a new segment that I called, or I am actively calling, Defend Your Honor from the
0: Twitter people. Well, I will do just that. First of all... um y'all don't know the scenario that it was the trade that we're talking about is actually involving my team in this dynasty fantasy football league so I have Kirk cousins I did not have any Minnesota Vikings receivers or tight ends in our league it's very important to have that quarterback to wide receiver connection and it's also a PPR league which values wide receivers As much, possibly even more so, than a lot of running backs. There's very few running backs that score more than the highest-ranking wide receivers.
1: I did put PPR on there.
0: Superflex, PPR, 12-team, dynasty. Hey, this is my time to defending my honor. Stop interrupting me. Okay, so I needed that connection with Adam Thielen. I've tried to make several trades for Stephon Diggs, to no avail. I do not need first-round picks. My team is set. In fact, I could take this exact team right now and play it for the next three years and not make a single move, all right? First-round picks are about nothing. Also, like I said, I have Kirk Cousins. Why do I need the running back of the Minnesota Vikings? That is a liability on your team because every time you get in the red zone, only one of those guys is going to score if you're starting both of them. It doesn't make sense to carry the starting quarterback and the starting running back. Not only that... Dalvin Cook has been injured every single year he has played. Yeah, I gave up Alexander Madison as well. That's the only reason why I was able to move Dalvin Cook. There's nobody accepting trades for Dalvin Cook unless you have the handcuff as well. So I'm standing by this trade. I think Adam Thielen is again going to be a top 10 wide receiver, if not top five wide receiver in this league. I mean, he had eight consecutive games last year of over 100 yards. I'll take that every day. Not to mention, our league also grants big plays with extra points. Adam Thielen is a monster at big plays. I'm sticking by my 13% of the people that are agreeing with me. This was a good trade. Dalvin Cook could get injured. I'm going to be very good this year, so that first-round pick really doesn't mean a whole lot. I'd be picking in the 9, 10, 11, 12 range next year. So I'm sticking with Adam Thielen. I need that quarterback-to-wide receiver connection.
1: All right. Well, thanks to the 221 people that voted on that Twitter poll.
0: All right, well, 87% <laughs> of you are going to be wrong when I'm holding up that uh, that beautiful trophy. <laughs> we shall see. All right, so
1: let's get into to training camp a little bit.
0: I thought we were doing uh, news from around the league first well, here. Well, let's do that then. Let's do news from around the league. All right, well, uh, first of all, I want to talk about the breaking news that just came across the wire, A.J. Green is going to be out for six to eight weeks. That's a part of training camp news. He got hurt in training camp. Oh, okay. All right. So you're right there. Um, How about some more news? Uh, RG3 going to be missing several weeks as well. Um, Putting a little bit more pressure on Lamar Jackson. The Eagles have signed Orlando Scandrick to a one-year deal
1: very important for a team that had a lot of backfield or uh, defensive backfield injuries last year
0: yes yes uh, and also they have a very young defensive back group Orlando Skandrick about 33 34 years old going to be providing some veteran leadership into that locker room uh, another one-year contract is Mike Daniels who was cut by the Green Bay Packers he has been signed by the Detroit Lions. Calling
1: Inter- Matt Patricia a genius. Hey, he's going to be one to stay in division. He wanted to stay in the AFC North, and
0: which I mean, you don't want to move far away from your home, but at the same time, uh, I think the Detroit Lions may have one of the best defensive line groups in the league. I mean, uh, yeah. Mike Daniels. That front
1: seven as a whole is pretty scary. Right yeah,
0: now. it's it's looking uh, pretty interesting between uh, Mike Daniels now, Damon Harrison, Trey Flowers. Um, A lot of of talent there. Um, Robert Inkemdiche, former first-round pick of the Arizona Cardinals in 2016, has been released. Cliff Kingsbury said two days before he was cut that he just arrived to camp not in shape, and uh, that's clearly unacceptable for him. Players are allowed to have their cell phones in team meetings, but if you show up to (laughs) camp a little bit out of shape, uh, you're gone, buddy. So they're going to be eating some dead cat money on that rookie deal considering there's, I mean, what? Three years left, two years left. I think two. Um, yeah, so going to be interesting there. Uh, What else? What else do we have going on here, Shem? Well, speaking of people
1: showing up to camp out of shape, there were a lot of rumors about Le'Veon Bell showing up to camp out of shape. Instead, he showed up to camp, and he did the conditioning drills twice to show how good of shape he's in.
0: Well, I mean, when you when you got it, you want to flaunt it, right? Well, that is very much true. All right. Uh lastly in uh uh news from around the league, blockbuster news here in fact. Mark Sanchez mm. is retiring. Former
1: elite Denver Broncos quarterback Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Did
0: he even get a snap as a Denver Bronco?
1: No, uh, no, because that was the Simeon-Paxton Lynch year, so they just kept both of them. Yeah. So... Couldn't even
0: beat out Trevor Simeon for the job. Not, not very good news there. In fact, uh, have you seen Mark Sanchez lately? No. I mean, I don't want to bash a guy, um, but he looks like he was elected president and was there for eight years. <laughs> when he entered the league, I mean, he was young he was tanned coming out of south uh uh california ufc UFC. and i mean he had just had a full head of hair i just saw him in a picture recently he is balding quickly (laughs) the nfl did not treat him well at all he needs to be a sponsor for a rogaine commercial
1: Mm. mark sanchez
0: to be forever remembered as the butt fumbler the butt fumble but also, his career wasn't all bad. I mean, he had back to back AFC championship appearances. Yeah. Got smoked by the Patriots. But, the, well, those Jets
1: teams were as close as anyone has been in actually unseating the Patriots in the AFC East. So, yep. yep. We'll give them credit and him as well as far as former first round picks. They've been way
0: worse. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're looking at you, Matt Liner. But I would still would not consider him as the best Jets quarterback of the past several years. I think that award just goes to Chad Pennington, hands down. Just, right?
1: Yeah, it's just forever Chad Pennington, yeah. and yeah, some point it's Joe Amos and then.
0: So that does it for our news from around the league. Now let's get into the the talks that you were just about to go into of players in training camp that have not shown up. There are a bevy of them a that are bunch. holding out. Uh, let's go through the rundown here Shem
1: all right so let's start in Houston with Jadavion Clowney he is one guy who is holding out we've got Ezekiel Elliott we've got Melvin Gordon still we've got Trent Williams and Michael Thomas and the guy whose name that I really struggled to say
0: Yannick Ngakwe.
1: Yannick Ngakwe of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're welcome. Thank you for that. So let's start off with Jadeveon Clowney. Let's go into it a little bit. He's a guy who is refusing to sign his franchise tag tender.
0: Yeah, it's a similar situation to Le'Veon Bell of last year. Um, He doesn't want to play through this season on a franchise tag. He said that before the franchise tag was placed upon him that he didn't want to play on a one-year deal. The problem is you cannot sign an extension until you sign the franchise tag. So um, contract negotiations are going on. They're still trying to work things out, but he is officially a no-show at training camp. And uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. That uh, Houston Texans defense really depends on the pass rush. They've spent a lot of money on Whitney Merciless. They've spent a lot of money on J.J. Watt. They've been spending a lot of money on Jadavian Clowney. But he wants more of the piece of that pie. And until he gets it, it's not looking like he's going to show up, which puts him as a prime candidate, possibly, for a Potential trade. Absolutely. And some teams
1: that have been rumored to be interested are the Eagles, are the Bills. I don't know if you've heard of anyone else who are interested in accounting services.
0: Well, I would consider another team, even though it's not going to happen because they are an interdivision rival, but the team with the most salary cap to spend... Yeah. The Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. I mean, I don't see them giving up what would be necessary to get uh Houston. Uh Jadavian Clowney, I mean, but uh and I certainly don't see Houston trading to, like I said, an inter-division rival, but I mean they're sitting at forty nine million dollars in salary cap space. Yeah. Holy cow, they could make any move that they want to.
1: Yeah. And so I put it out there on Twitter as well, asking people, will Jadavion Clowney play for the Texans this year? 72% said no. So what do you think? Do you think he plays for the Texans this year? Uh, So he is scheduled to, if he were to sign that franchise tag, make $16 million this year. That's a lot to say I'm not going to play for.
0: Um, I'm going to say, yes, he does play for the Houston Texans this year. I think that they are in such a win-now mode. Um, You've seen a lot of teams recently that have been doing so well because they're not paying their quarterbacks exorbitant amount of money. They're able to spend that money elsewhere. And Deshaun Watson, a first-round pick, is two years into his rookie contract deal. Now, when that contract comes up, he's going to be a $100 million quarterback type if he continues this upward trend. So they need to spend that money now, uh, but I I don't see him coming back unless they give him that long-term deal. And I don't see that long-term deal happening unless there's another move, maybe. Like, maybe they restructured J.J. Watt's deal. Um, I mean, they did finally get out of Kareem Jackson's contract uh they didn't re-sign Teron Matthew for a reason just so they could have that extra money uh but Houston's in some trouble they need to cough up that money otherwise that defense they're very different without Jadavian Clowney on that roster
1: yeah Watts getting old now they need that next guy coming up and everyone has just assumed it's been Clowney because it's just been Clowney and then if he's not on that team their makeup is way different in, uh, I'm not sure if they're a playoff team without Clowney.
0: Well, I mean, we've seen it in the past where it's been just Watt or just Clowney, and that defense has not been able to carry them to that next level. Yeah. So unless everybody's on the field, uh, I don't see it happening. They are going to be in a lot of trouble. But the thing is, if he's on that team, they could position themselves for a Super Bowl run. That's the sway of difference here. You could be a seven and nine team or you could be a thirteen and three team. That's the kind of player that he could be for your franchise. All right, so
1: let's stay on the defensive side and talk to me about your guy whose name I
0: can't really say. Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick
1: Ngakwe. In fact,
0: this player, since he has entered the league, is the league leader in sacks since he's entered. 29.5. ...since coming out of college. Now, Yannick Ngakwe is set to make $2.02 million this season... ...and he is officially holding out as of, I believe it was five days ago... ...refusing to show up for training camp. And uh, this guy, he's in a tough position because he needs to sign quickly... ...considering every day he's not at training camp. There's between a thirty dollars and $40,000 uh, fine being levied against him for not showing up to camp. Therefore, if he's out two to three weeks, he's basically not making any money if he comes back without a contract. So he is in an all-out sprint for that big contract, or maybe they trade him, don't sign him at all, get some assets back, which I don't, cons- I don't think they would get that much for him because yeah. somebody's going to have to spend an exorbitant amount of money to trade for him and then pay him. So... They're not getting like a first round pick for Ngakwe.
1: Yeah. Andy was only a third round pick when he came in the league to begin with. Exactly. So since 2016, like you were saying, he has had 29 and a half sacks. Demarcus Lawrence has had 26. D. Ford, 25. Trey Flowers, 21. And so those guys are getting paid in that 45 to $65 million guaranteed range. Right now, Ngakwe's got $2.02 million coming his way, so he's looking to make the money.
0: Yes, yes. Frank Clark, D. Ford, Trey Flowers, these are the names that are getting paid a lot of money, but none of those players have been at the same level as Ngakwe. Now, you could perhaps make the claim that he's been getting those sacks, Yannick Ngakwe I'm meaning, that that defensive line in Jacksonville has been ferocious. I mean, it's difficult to block Yannick when Calais Campbell is coming around the corner or Malik Jackson was coming up the middle or uh, now what is going to be Josh Allen coming yeah. around the corner. So uh, he's he's in a very primed position. He needs to either get paid that money and stay where he's at or he's going to be on the move like several of these other players uh, top-dollar pass rushers that we've seen already make a move. D. Ford went from Kansas City uh, to San Francisco. Frank Clark went from Seattle to Kansas City. Trey Flowers went from New England over to Detroit. It's going to be interesting to see where these guys go. Pass rushers are a high commodity in this league.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's talk running backs. So we're not really going to go into Melvin Gordon all that much. We did that last week you guys want to hear our thoughts about melvin gordon listen to wax last, last listen to last week's episode but hey, you got it i i did i think that i got it through now let's talk about america's team
0: Ooh, the dallas cowboys well
1: that's the denver broncos the second america's team oh, is that's right yeah. dallas cowboys okay mr ezekiel elliott with two more years on his contract on his rookie year or on his rookie deal is now holding out.
0: Yeah, this is a, a difficult situation for them. Um, it, I mean, how do you see this playing out the last time that the Dallas Cowboys had a decision between two major commodities? They decided against re-signing the running back scenario. Remember several years ago, they had Des Bryant, and DeMarco Murray entering a contract year the same year. They re-signed Des Bryant, and they did not sign DeMarco Murray, who went on to play for the Philadelphia Eagles and then for the Tennessee Titans. So how is this going to play out? I mean, Ezekiel Elliott is holding out with two years left of his contract, but Dak Prescott is entering the last year of his contract. So uh, not only that, Amari Cooper as well entering in the last year of his contract, who Dallas just paid Uh, a first-round draft pick to the Oakland Raiders for.
1: Yeah, and so Amari Cooper is about to get paid because you don't spend a first-rounder to bring in a guy and then not pay him.
0: I wouldn't think so. I mean, yes, they would get two years of service out of him, but you you have to assume that they're going to re-sign him.
1: But I still think the first guy that's going to get paid is Dak
0: Prescott. I, I would agree as well, but got to pay the quarterback, got to have your quarterback. How are you paying all three of these players? That's the...
1: Multi-million-dollar question. No I mean, one they knows. they have and they just
0: s- paid Demarcus Lawrence too. Demarcus Lawrence, Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, uh, Teron Smith. Mm-hmm. These guys are making a lot of money. And you have
1: got another young guy coming up in Leighton Vander Esch that you want to keep around, and Jalen Smith who you want to keep around. Byron
0: Jones is another Byron one.
1: Jones who you want to keep around. And so, when you're looking at a team like this, I mean. <sighs> how are you going to be able to pay Ezekiel Elliott the money that he wants, which I assume the money that he wants is to be the top paid running back in
0: NFL history? Well, there's already been a report come out that affirms what you've just said, that he wants to be either the highest paid running back or at least among the top three. Now, the top three currently are in this order. Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, and... David Johnson. All those players are making between 13 and 15 million. Uh, Todd Gurley's at the highest at 15 million. Le'Veon Bell's like 14 and change and David Johnson's 13 and change. So that's the money it's going to take, but there is no way Dallas has the money to turn Dak Prescott into a hundred million dollar quarterback. That's what it's going to cost him. I mean, several years ago, we discussed this last year, last week, that Derek Carr signed a five-year deal for $125 million. That's at least, at the very least, what it's going to cost them to keep Dak Prescott around. Amari Cooper, not the best wide receiver in the league, but because he's going to be the most recent paid, I mean, he's going to be at least in that $12 million range, you have to assume. And then Ezekiel Elliott, if you put him even at David Johnson's money, you're talking three players that are going to be costing million of cap space per year. How can they afford that?
1: I don't know. Uh, (laughs) You just said Gurley, Bell, and David Johnson. Those are three guys making a lot of money as running backs where I don't know if those teams uh, regret or not those contracts where they could spend money
0: elsewhere well I would say the team that's regretting it possibly the least is considering they're terrible right now and that's the Arizona Cardinals with David Johnson I mean where else are they spending that money yeah so it's not like they don't have money to burn Um, the Rams have positioned the year number of uh, on the contract with Gurley at a right amount when he restructured his deal it was I believe a three-year extension and I'm assuming that those legs are going to... Meaning those knees are going to wear out around the same time that that contract ends. So they're sitting pretty pretty well. But Le'Veon Bell, that's probably the worst deal. Because, yeah. I mean, he's, what, 27, 28 years old? And they just signed him to a four-year deal? Oh. Um, going to be interesting how that plays out. You're going to be paying potentially a 32-year-old running back. And we haven't seen him play in a year. Yeah, and Ezekiel
1: Elliott... One of his big leverage pieces is right now on the Cowboys roster, there's only one player who has any career carries, and it's six carries. So
0: yeah,
1: (laughs) from Zeke's perspective, he's just going to hang out and uh, let Jerry Jones watch the running backs for a while and be like,
0: I'm better than that. See, the problem with that is, Dallas has already been prepared for a life without Ezekiel Elliott because, what was it, two years ago when he was suspended for six games. So they've already lived a life without him once. Can they do it again? I mean, I I don't think they would want to live that again, but it's not like they haven't gone through this. So this is just another uh, rung in the wheel.
1: All right, so let's talk about Michael Thomas. Okay. Michael Thomas, currently holding out, wide receiver, New Orleans Saints. Now, the reports are that they're actually very close on a deal. This could happen today. Uh, But what it's sounding like is that Michael Thomas is looking for that close to $20 million a year range of uh, compensation Something that I didn't know is that the Saints have never paid a, any skill position player more than $10, uh, $10, $10 million per year.
0: Well, I would imagine that they're going to be breaking that record this year because that Saints team, uh, we just talked about how uh, the Houston Texans may not be a playoff team without Jadavian Clowney. The Saints are definitely not a playoff team without Michael Thomas. The connection between Breeze and Thomas has been the best in the league since Michael Thomas entered the league. And I would go out on a limb to say, this player is the best wide receiver in the game. He deserves this kind of money. Now, I always caution myself on paying people that much. I would prefer that some of the best players in the league just accept a couple million dollars less so you can spread that money across the team because salary caps have a cap. That's that's why it's called that. Um, and you need to spend your money as, as many places as you can to have a 53-man roster. But if there's any player that deserves $20 million a year as a skill position, it's Michael Thomas. I mean, we discussed it uh, about a month ago where I was telling you that the highest... Quarterback completion percentage for 2018 was Breeze to Michael Thomas. If I'm not mistaken, it was an 88% uh, completion percentage between every time Drew Breeze throws a pass to Michael Thomas, 88% of the time he's coming up with that ball. That is a ridiculous number. It it should not be that high for someone who's receiving such a high workload in that high-volume offense. So... Um, they need to keep this guy because Drew Brees isn't going to last forever, which means they're going to have more money to spend. And imagine having that as a bargaining chip from a Saints perspective. Drew Brees retires perhaps this year, maybe next year. And now you're saying you're trying to lure potentially a Peyton Manning-esque free agent quarterback of, hey, come to our side. We got Michael Thomas for you. I mean, when you have a stable of skill possessions like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, that's a bargaining chip in itself to bring in a high-volume free agent.
1: All right, so let's talk about the final holdout, who is maybe one of the weirder holdouts, and that's Trent Williams. And I say it's a weirder holdout because everyone that we've named up to this point is holding out for financial reasons uh, rookie deals, trying to get that next big payday. Trent Williams, older guy, been in the leak for a while, he's holding out because of disagreements having to do about how he was treated medically with the Washington Redskins.
0: Uh, Yeah. You may know a little bit more on this topic than I do, but from what I've understood, there was a mass in his brain that the Redskins medical staff, it's like they didn't see it as a large concern or they wanted him to hold out for the season to, to, to do anything on it for an operation. But uh, it, it, it smells like a Kawhi Leonard San Antonio Spurs scenario where the medical staff said, you're good to go, and him personally believing that, uh, no, this should have been handled, you know, by doctors that don't have a stake in this football team. So he seems a little burned by the Washington Redskins. Uh, do you want to add anything on this? Uh, I'm Yeah, and so... He has two more years left on
1: his contract. Like you were saying, there was a growth on or in his head. That part I'm not clear about. And there was disagreement about how it was handled, as well as the variety of injuries that he's had over the years. And so the reports are that he doesn't trust ownership. He doesn't trust the team anymore. The organization is obviously denying that there's any break in their relationship, but all in all, I don't know if Trent Williams is going to be playing for Washington anymore. It sounds like you were saying a Kawhi Leonard situation where there's no longer trust in the team, no longer trust in the medical staff, no longer trust that they're looking out for his best interests going forward. And so I imagine that there will be a move to get rid of Trent, uh, Trent Williams or move on from Trent Williams
0: well um, that could very well be um, left tackles are a much sought after commodity in the NFL um, the problem is this is a make or break it year for that coaching staff so if they let go of Trent Williams to plan for the future it's very likely that they're just setting the table for the next staff that's coming in for the general manager, all the way down to the head coach, down to the weight trainer. Um, This looks like potentially the last year in Washington for Jay Gruden and that staff. So they're in a position where they have to get him back in this make or break it year. But I I don't know. I mean, I didn't see how they were going to keep their jobs before Trent Williams is holding out. Um, but if this turns out to be a situation where he's gone, um, I think a lot more people are going to be saying sayonara as well.
1: All right. All right. So that does it for the holdouts. Now we can talk about injuries. You tried to jump the gun with AJ Green.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: All right. So the news as we were coming in today to record this was that AJ Green is going to be out for the next six to eight weeks. So this happened yesterday when the Bengals, who were participating in the NFL's 100-year celebration, were doing a practice in Dayton, Ohio, at Dayton's Welcome Stadium. Well, it wasn't all that welcoming for one A.J. Green.
0: No, no. Um, From what the reports we've read uh, have told us, there was a collision between him and Dre Kirkpatrick, Um, the starting number one cornerback for the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, he has torn certainly one ligament in his ankle and foot area, but potentially multiple ligaments. Not all the reports have come back yet, um, but six to eight weeks. I mean, that's, that's grounds potentially for starting off on the pup list. Right, Because we've seen a lot of times where injuries, they say six to eight weeks, and it actually turns into ten weeks. Uh, Just because rehab is such a uh, a devilish mistress sometimes, you don't know how it's going to work out. And foot injuries, for example, two years ago, uh, Greg Olson broke his foot, ended up having surgery to recover from it. They put screws in there. And in his first practice with Carolina last year, he rebroke that foot. So foot injuries are very difficult for skill position players. There's so much cutting between your ankles. Uh, this could be a year-long scenario for A.J. Green.
1: Yeah, and A.J. Green was suffering through injuries last year, and he's had injuries, I thought, the year before that. So he's at that point as a wide receiver where we're seeing this decline with him.
0: Well, I mean, he's a part of that area of the uh, years being drafted of Des Bryant, Demarius Thomas, Julio Jones. So a lot of those players have finally crossed that 30 years old threshold. Um, They are no longer spring chickens, starting to lose a step. When you get injured, it lasts a little bit longer than you were in your 20s. Um, That's just the scenario of life. You know, father time has an undefeated record. And AJ green is experiencing that right now. All right.
1: So talking about wide receivers, the giants have had a terrible week for wide receivers. Oh my goodness. It already there. The joke was already that the giants did not have wide receivers. Now they really have no wide receivers. Let's run through this. So Sterling Shepard breaks his thumb. Yep. Uh, Corey Coleman tears his ACL. Yes. Golden Tate get suspended by the league for 4 games. <laughs>
0: so, so who is their starting uh So right now right it now? would be
1: Cody Latimer and Benny Fowler, the okay. former Denver Broncos. All right. So so what we're saying is that they should be making a phone call to Calvin Benjamin, to Des Bryant, to Michael Crabtree.
0: Yeah, there's actually already been uh, talks about uh, Des Bryant potentially going to New York. I know last year um, when he was a free agent, he was strongly considering New York just because he wanted to play the Cowboys twice. Um, obviously, they didn't work out. He ended up turning down contracts with them and with the Baltimore Ravens to eventually sign with the New Orleans Saints late in the year and then tear his ACL because that seemed fun. But he does seem like he's ready to go. I don't know if you saw the Twitter video that he posted of him training. Um, he looks much farther along in the, the process of being ready to play than even Emmanuel Sanders. So uh, Des Bryant looking very good. But I will say, though, in that training video that he posted – he had a drop pass. Uh, I mean, classic. He's, he's showing that he's his legs are so ready to go and he does the one thing that people have been knowing him for these past couple of years of dude, you you drop wide open balls. So
1: <laughs> classic. <laughs> classic classic. All right. Yeah. Do you have any other uh, entries you want
0: to talk about? Uh nothing at the moment. I think we've already covered it. Uh I mean, what Well, let's hop into debate time then. All right. This is our uh, final segment of the day. Debate central here. Now let's uh, discuss how this is going to work. So we are talking about quarterbacks that even if they've signed contract extensions, they are still technically being paid their rookie contract money. So we are talking about quarterbacks Uh, that have been playing since 2015. Now, the rundown for this is Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, who both of those last two players have signed contract extensions, but it hasn't kicked in yet. Those are the two players I'm referring to. After those is Dak Prescott in the final year of his deal. Then we have Mitchell Trubisky, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and then a bevy of younger guys. We have Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, uh, and then the quarterbacks that were drafted this year. Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, True luck. Oh, yeah, sure. We'll toss him in there as well. Whatever. Uh, if you put him in your top five, go for it. <laughs> but we're trying to discuss who are these quarterbacks who are all starters right now, They're predominantly going to be the starters going forward. But we want to know who these players, who are the top five to lead this next generation. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are about to retire. Ben Roethlisberger, Eli Manning, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, maybe even Aaron Rodgers, Philip Rivers. Uh, There's a huge turnover uh, that's going to be occurring in this league. Who are going to be the faces of the franchises? And the faces of the NFL. I mean, who are the future Hall of Famers that have just recently entered the league? So, Chem, would you like to begin with your top five? And if you want, we can go each of us give our five, each of us give our four all the way up. I mean, that's fine as well. But let's start from bottom to top okay. and go top five of best quarterbacks still on their rookie contracts.
1: All righty, then. Well, let's go back and forth. So let's start at five. Okay. And at number five, I am going Baker Mayfield. Baker
0: Mayfield. Jumping on the
1: Baker train. Okay. And so I wasn't very high on Baker Mayfield coming into the NFL. Uh, I'm going to throw that in there as a caveat. That being said. I was. He won me over in year one being a gamer like he's got that Brett Favre personality he's got that mentality of he is going to kill the opponent when they are down he's already at that point where if he has the ball with two minutes to go I am terrified that Baker Mayfield is about to score and win that game I saw Baker Mayfield play the Denver Broncos and do just that he is fearless in every situation and I think one of the top five young quarterbacks going forward in the NFL.
0: All righty. Well, that's your number five, but I got one that's a little bit better here. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I don't want anybody on this list for me that has the least amount of experience. And that plays a big part in my decision. So my number five quarterback of these players is Deshaun Watson. Mm. Now, I'm going to go not talk about my pick. I'm going to talk about your pick here. (laughs) Baker Mayfield has a terrible record and a terrible stat line against teams with a winning record. I think Baker Mayfield, though I believe in him strongly, he has to show me more than what he did last year. He didn't play a full season. He could make a huge growth forward or a big step backwards. I don't know how it's going to go yet, so I'm not putting him in my top five. Um, So Deshaun Watson is my guy because this is a player who exploded onto the scene two years ago, then tears his ACL, and then even though there is that injury risk of a mobile quarterback having a big injury like that, he has wowed me tremendously with his leadership skills and his off-the-field antics, and not only that, but to come back from such a major injury mid-season and to play like he did last year, and not only that, he was the number one sacked quarterback last year even with that ACL injury without missing a game and leading his team to the division winner last year. Deshaun Watson is my number five quarterback moving forward.
1: All right, so number four. I got Jared Goff. Jared Goff, guy on this list who's made a Super Bowl, plays in an awesome, awesome system. The only reason why I don't have him higher is because he's also played one year in someone else's system and was terrible. Mm. One of the worst quarterback seasons ever of all time. And then Sean McVay comes in, and changes Jared Goff's future. As long as Jared Goff is with Sean McVay, I think that he is a top 5 young quarterback. The Rams as a team are already one of the favorites to make it back to the Super Bowl. He's got a bunch of wide receivers, like I said, great system, uh former number 1 overall pick as well.
0: Well, I mean, that's a very good pick. Uh Super Bowl leading team going to the uh, the Super Bowl last year. Uh, And I completely agree with you that he needs to show more. Uh, He's one of those players that when everything's going well, he does well. When everything's going badly, he uh, does badly. Last year, we saw several games where Todd Gurley didn't have a good game, and that articulated to Jared Goff not having a good game.
1: Including the Super Bowl.
0: Including the Super Bowl. So uh, he's got a lot to prove, but he's a young player. A lot more left in him. We'll see how that goes. My number four is Dak Prescott. Mm. So Dak is my guy because, again, he's he's one of those guys that is just a pure locker room hound you want this guy in your meeting room he is an exceptional leader uh i i think that he is ready to make that next step forward uh he did have a string last year where you know he wasn't putting up a lot of yards but the team was still winning and moving forward so um I want to see what he does with a full season of Amari Cooper, but with the list of guys that we have here, I think he would be my fourth best pick. If I'm starting Mm -hmm. a team, uh, I'm I'm taking Dak Prescott before, you know, everybody else on this list except for, you know, my top three that I have coming up. (laughs) So... Good quarterback, makes a lot of good decisions, and truly a, a, a pure pocket guy. He'll he'll scramble when he needs to, but he prefers to stay in that pocket, and that plays a lot towards my picks here.
1: Yeah. All right. So number three, number three, I have Deshaun Watson, a guy you already talked about. So you already upselled him. Like, clearly he's a top three guy. Uh, if we were doing this list at the beginning of last season, Watson might have been the number one guy that we were talking about. Yeah. That's how good he was before he tore his ACL. Yeah, And so he came back, still played well last year, but really this year is a big prove it year. What type of guy are you? Are you not just a top five young quarterback, but are you a top five quarterback right now? That's the level of talent that Deshaun Watson comes with.
0: Yeah, uh, I really like that pick. Um, I was cautioned to put him higher just because of the injuries, but, um, you know, you got to take the good with the bad there. Um, So my number three guy, um, here I am talking about injuries here, uh, is Carson Wentz. Mm. Um, I would have Carson Wentz as potentially the number one guy on this list if it weren't for the injuries. Um, This is a player who in his first year was... Bad, but you know, he he was consistent. Like he he pushed through all of the the turmoil in Philadelphia during Doug Peterson's first year. Uh I think he only had like a 12 touchdowns his first season, but then he bounces back with an MVP-like year until he tears his ACL. Last year, he had another incredible season: 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and then he has some back issues. So if this guy can just put it all together and stay on the field, oh my goodness, the sky is the limit for Carson Wentz because he is a bombshell of a quarterback, can make every single throw. But if you can't stay on the field, you're just taking up a lot of cap space there, buddy.
1: Yeah, and so I'll just jump right in because my number two guy is Carson Wentz. See, there you <clears throat> and go. so. Like you were saying, Carson Wentz was the MVP before he tore his ACL. He was on track to win that award. Uh, Tears his ACL in a great game against the Rams. Doesn't, obviously doesn't make it back for their Super Bowl run. Has more injuries to start the season last year. Never really fully comes back. Now he's had a full off season to recover. This is a year where people like Louis Riddick, Already talking about he's the MVP this year. He's got so many weapons in Philadelphia that really he has every opportunity to go back to what he was before that injury in terms of being the MVP of the NFL. In terms of young guys who I want on my team, there's only one guy who I would want more from this list. But Carson Wentz, great leader, uh, great quarterback hope to see him healthy for a full year. I also have him in my dynasty league. So I really hope that he stays healthy <laughs> for another year.
0: But Well, speaking of your uh, dynasty league team, I'm going to jump right into my second pick, which is Jared Goff. I also hope he stays healthy for the entire year. Yes. Just keep it going. Now uh, this is kind of more of a, a hopeful pick here. Um, I completely agree with what you said here on, On Jared Goff, he needs to show more. Uh, It seems like, I've already said it, when things are going good, he does well. Uh, When things are going badly, he does poorly. So he needs to step it up here. However, he's been in this situation before. Like you already attested to, in his first season, he was already perceived as a bust. He came into that Jeff Fisher system and just destroyed the bed didn't make it to the bathroom at all (laughs) just ruined it but he bounced back the very next year and took that team to the playoffs to a divisional win and into the playoffs so I think people are against him again this year uh he's one of those guys that just he's not a true leader, not, you know, he's not that guy that you would say, I want Jared Goff on my team in the last two minutes. Right? I mean, there's several right, other players. I
1: think that's exactly it, where there's a lot of guys who we said and haven't said in this list who I would probably want to have the ball in the final two minutes before Jared
0: Goff. Exactly. Exactly. However, that's what I'm saying. This is kind of a hopeful pick for me, but I'm ready to see Jared Goff make that next step. He had a terrible showing in the Super Bowl. That high-powered offense was being equated to the greatest show on turf with Kurt Warner and Isaac Bruce and Tory Holt. And then they put up three points in the Super Bowl? That's embarrassing. Just shameful. So, I'm expecting him to bounce back this year. There's some questions of Todd Gurley being able to hold the workload, which is going to put more pressure on Goff. But he has the skill weapons to make this happen between Brandon Cooks, uh, Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup. This guy could just explode on the scene. So that's my number two quarterback. If he could make the same type of leap that he made from year one to year two, like he can from year three to year four, oh my goodness! Talk about an MVP candidate.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hope he does that too. That would that would be great. <laughs> uh, so for the number one guy, I'm gonna make this very simple. It's Patrick Mahomes. Yes. He threw 50 touchdowns and has already been an MVP. He's what, 23 years old. Uh, This guy's only played in one NFL season. Now the counter to that is everyone now has film on him. We know that he likes to roll left when things get tight or when things get tough. So oppose, if I know that opposing defense coordinators know that, and they're going to be planning for something of that nature, but his talent is so good throws no look passes does the weird like sidearm underneath defender stuff uh adaptable mobile he he made the broncos look silly a couple of times
0: (laughs) all of the times times, last year yeah.
1: yeah and he was one overtime possession away from making the super bowl himself
0: Yeah, and I'm just going to piggyback on top of that. My number one guy is also Patrick Mahomes. Of this list of players, there's no other quarterback I want on my team besides this guy. Um, It's pretty sad to say that as a diehard Broncos fan, but the quarterback I want is the Chiefs starting quarterback. This is a guy who, as you said, threw for 50 touchdowns and over 5,000 yards last year. To do that in your first season, are you flipping kidding me? Was anybody even playing defense on this guy? <laughs> They're trying. Oh, my goodness. It was just a, 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 an embarrassment last year to see that guy. I mean, a first-year quarterback making no-look passes? I didn't trust Eli Manning or Peyton Manning to do that when they had like 10 years of their career under their belt. Um, I wouldn't trust Tom Brady to do that right now. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, and you probably shouldn't trust any quarterback to make no look passes, but when you make it happen, it just looks real pretty and it's an instant highlight reel. Um, I am expecting a large drop off. I mean, I don't think anybody in the league is predicting Patrick Mahomes to throw for 50 more touchdowns or for 5,000 more yards this year.
1: Sure. And well, the 50 touchdown thing has only happened twice. Yeah. And the next year, we don't really know what happened with Tom Brady because he tore his ACL yeah. the next year. And then Peyton Manning had a pretty steep decline, but that was also because he's old and had neck surgeries yeah. and things. So, so uh,
0: it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, the Chiefs are certainly positioned to use Patrick Mahomes even more now that yep. Kareem Hunt is not on the team, and um, their number one running back on the depth chart now has a hamstring injury. <laughs> yep. So... Who knows? Maybe they're going to pass the ball even more this season. But I will say one thing, this one asterisk on Patrick Mahomes, and this is a positive and a negative against him. He is not afraid to put the ball anywhere. Now, the good part about that is he can make some incredible throws. So he has all of the guts in the world to, you know, thread the needle and make those deep passes. However, I'm going to cite one game last year in which the Kansas City Chiefs were playing the Los Angeles Rams, and Patrick Mahomes had five interceptions. So this is a very good quarterback, MVP caliber season, and could potentially do the same thing again, but he's got a little bit of that Brett Favre in him, and Brett Favre, though one of the best quarterbacks in the league, also has led the entire NFL history in interceptions. So expect that as a Chiefs fan or just a Patrick Mahomes fan, that this is a guy that's going to get you 40 touchdowns, but maybe also 18 interceptions in a season. So uh, it's a high-risk, high-reward belief system that he has.
1: <laughs> you said it. There's nothing more to say. Patrick Mahomes, number one, comes number one. with some risk, Absolutely. but ton of talent. All righty then, so... Anything else you want to add? Well,
0: um, I think it'd be wise to uh, perhaps put our debate out there into the Twitterverse of maybe my list versus your list or just everybody out there and uh, let the people decide for themselves of who they think the top five are potentially. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll come up with something. Come up with something. Um, but uh, that's, that's pretty much all I got for, uh, for today's episode here. All right, so we will be
1: with you all next week. Talk to you then.
0: All right, well, we'll see you next week.
1: Bye. This has been a production of Values First.